brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rob Taylor, a.k.a. the Penguin Gotham. You are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Geek Vibes Live. This is episode number, you guys know how to keep count. Anyway, I'm your host, Juwan, and I am joined by the greatest mind in the geek universe, my panelist. Let's start with Dane. What's going on, Dane? Gotcha. All right, sure okay. and sweet. Uh, <laughs> what's going on? What's going on, Joel? What is going on, Joel? All right, I always love to go to Joel to get that inspiration and that that ampness from him. Uh, Nick, what's going on, Nick? Way to answer a question with a question, Joel. It's uh that the, the age old. 90s babies, uh, well, 80s babies, but like 90s kids mentality. Like, what up? What up? That's still going on. Indeed. We have not what evolved from that, I'll tell you that. No, we have not. Uh, we, will, we, will, we will carry that to our graves. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I just realized how much of a age gap is between you guys and me. Anyway, um, <laughs> we have a great show for you guys. Yeah, you're old, Joel. We have a great show in store for you guys, but before we get into the news, I'm going to pass it to Dane. Uh, Take it away, Dane. Well, um, I'll just start by saying that I think this for any comic fandom, geek culture fan, this is a day that unfortunately all of us saw coming. Um, None of us wanted to see coming. Uh, and the mighty, the great Stan Lee has passed away at the age of 95 uh, this last week, and we lost a legend. We lost someone that created this reality for all of us to escape to, which, you know, is kind of, in essence, not only part of pop culture forever, but just a part of American mythology, if you will, to an extent. Um, There's certain people that, I mean, it sucks to kind of make these type of lists, but want people that I know are getting older in age that I know will affect me a certain way. And even with Stan, who, aside from obviously losing his wife a couple of years before passing, lived a pretty damn great life, lived a damn long life. And from what a lot of people said, and from what I experienced a couple of years ago at a convention, getting his autograph, you know, he seemed like he... He was he was very much there into his 90s. He was still very much vibrant and very very fun and 
um, it just gave it gave it all for the fans, and uh, I think, you know, I'm not I'm not going to go over the other people like on my list, but he was probably one of the most prominent ones. Like one day there will be no Stan Lee, and that to me sucks, but that's just life, and I think that all of us realize that. But you know, I mean, Stan Lee was not directly like he was a great storyteller. Don't get me wrong, but he was a visionary. You know, Stan Lee took people that specifically knew how to do things within being the editor of Marvel uh, at a time where Marvel was like this this rival to DC who had all these powerhouse superheroes like Batman and Superman and revived old superheroes with writers like Jack Kirby, like Captain America, to bring them forward and created this slew of characters between his work with Jack Kirby and his work with Steve Ditko and other writers to make characters like Spider-Man and X-Men. So creative mind, you know, I I think in the same type of sense that George Lucas might have needed Irving Kirshner and Lawrence Kasdan, or even a Vince McMahon needed Pat Patterson and Bruce Pritchard, people that directly knew what they were doing but could overhaul it, very much like Kevin Feige and how he works with directors. And I've loved... A lot of the pictures that people have made, especially the one where it takes the Toy Story 3 reference, but switches it with Stan Lee giving his his toys, if you will, to Kevin Feige. And, um, I mean, you know, it's kind of getting me a little bit choked up just talking about this on the show, uh, just because I loved Stan Lee. I loved all the stuff that he made. And um, I appreciate that on sports stations, they were talking about Stan Lee, that Jim Ross, a wrestling announcer on his podcast, was talking about the impact that Stan Lee made on pop culture, that so many people had positivity, and the few that didn't, you know, much smaller in scale with Army Hammer and much larger in scale with Bill Maher, and I don't want to go into either one of those things, um, who I will just say appropriately try to call out other people by making themselves relevant. I'll just leave it at that for either one. Um, It doesn't matter what anyone thinks in a negative sense. Stan Lee made his universe something that we all want to live in. And it will continue to strive in film and comics that he was originally part of in animation and everything going forward. And all the legends that he got to work with and influence or that they influenced him to create this universe that we all love in Marvel is amazing. And I'm also, I'm happy that everyone from DC, like Jeff Johns and, uh, you know, all the, all the heads of DC, just let me know that he was a legend to them too. And there's blurs lines. It blurs pop culture entities between anything. It doesn't, it's not about comics. We lost a legend in something. And, uh, you know, I think the quote from uh, Sandlot is um, heroes last forever. No, no, it's heroes last forever, but legends never die. So I think I didn't screw that up. I might have, but love you, Stanley. Rest in peace. Before I do the moment of silence, I know that Nick went into a a great speech on his show. So I'm going to pass it to both Juwan and Joel if they need to. They wanted to wrap up and say anything about Stan. I'll first pass it to Juwan. Thank you, Dane. Uh, Beautiful words, man. Uh, I just wanted to say Stan Lee shaped me completely into what I'm doing now. My love for geekdom, 
Um, the first character I've ever read a comic of was Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, that really drove me into becoming a comic book fan. And uh, I, I'd like to just thank Stan Lee for kind of molding and shaping uh, what it is I do today, which is going over comic books, superhero movies, superhero shows. Um, he meant a lot to me, and he meant a lot to Geek Bob's Nation. Beautiful words. Joel, anything? Any first memories of Stanley? Uh, I have plenty of first memories and uh, memories in general. Uh, I've known Stanley as far back as my, my you know, probably in diapers. <laughs> it goes out that far. Um, but, I mean, this, this loss hurt more than most. Uh, I think everyone, uh, especially in our community, is, is heartbroken and and now we're just mourning, and it's, it was such a gut punch to get the news. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll never forget hearing True Believers. Like yeah, I, I remember having the old uh, X Men cartoon, not the '90s one, the older one, the one that like did, didn't even have a series. It was like the '80s part X Men cartoon, but he would like do the voice in the back uh, uh, in the beginning of the episode. And oh, it's just, it was just, he'll be missed. I mean, greatly. But like you said, man, he's a legend, and the legends never die, so he'll always be there. He's immortal, and he's been immortalized, and we'll never truly forget about Sam. His his, his, uh, legacy will live on. I do truly, truly believe that. And uh, let's give um, a 10-second salute to Stanley, probably arguably one of the greatest comic minds of all time, if not the. All right, I'll pass it to you, Juwan. All right, um, let's try to do the show the way Stanley would have loved for us to do it. Um, let's cheer ourselves up and just let's have a great show, guys. Uh, let's start off Indeed. with some trailer talk. Uh, we had we had two trailers. One was more of a teaser than a trailer, but trailer nonetheless. Uh, let's start with the trailer that just blew everyone's mind and upset fanboys around the world. Let's start with um, Detective Pikachu starring <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Um, that trailer, I honestly, growing up, I wasn't that huge on Pokemon. I actually, believe it or not, was a Digimon fan. Um, yeah, generational so, gap. That makes sense. <laughs> well, it's not that big of a generational gap. Remember, I was born in 1993. No, but I guess the same um, thing was like how we let in. Like, you, you, you know. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, let's not get into I, like this, I did have Pokemon Yellow. I did have the the special um, Game Boy uh, color that was Pikachu on it. So I played all the Pokemon games around the 90s, very early 2000s. Um, so I am a fan of it. Uh, I'm just Don't know not shit a fan about Red and Blue. Oh no! I lo- oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I will give you that. I will give you that. I think I went straight to Yellow red and blue, instead of Red and Blue. Silver. I'll give you that. Uh, no, I play gold and silver. I know uh, Lugia and Sue Queen, uh, whatever the the bird thing was or whatever. Um, oh, don't know shit oh, about oh, Articuno. Oh, uh, anyway, moral of the story is um, this trailer I thought looked great. Um, I know a lot of people had issues with the Pokemon looking, I guess, too furry or too real, whatever it is. Um, but I thought visually it looked great. Um, I will say, uh, Mime did freak me out a little bit. Uh, I, I kind of did have a few nightmares about him 
but Jigglypuff looked awesome. Pikachu looked awesome. And I can't wait to see Charizard. Uh, I think this movie might break the stigma of not being able to convert video games into movies. Um, and it does open up a possibility of if you could do this that well and have those Pokemon look as, as good as they do, um, you could maybe possibly down the road enter in Ash. Obviously not in this universe, um, but issue in Ash uh, and, and start doing actual Pokemon movies. Um, but, Nick, I'll go to you first, man. What were your thoughts on Detective Pikachu? Dude, that shit was fucking dope as hell. Like, a couple things. One, I like that they're not starting with uh, Ash Ketchum. Like, uh, it, like I agree with you. That's something they can get you down the road. But it, it, it sort of limits your um, maybe your creative potential. Uh, like it, it just it just boxes you in a little bit. So the fact that they're not going with that, I think, is really smart. Um, and as we know, there's a ton of different Pikachu's that exist in in the universe. So I mean, they could potentially like utilize Ryan Reynolds' Pikachu for Ash's Pikachu if they want to go that route, or they could you know bring in somebody completely different. Um, so that I I actually really like. Um. I also really like the way that they're kind of going about this, and they do it so brilliantly in the trailer. Like, they're basically saying, look, it's not just going to be essentially, uh, you know, a a Pokemon making Pokemon noises the whole movie and then the the main character explaining what the Pokemon said. Like, no, this dude can actually, like, understand him. um, And so you get, like, the, the awesome, like little, um, like, uh, uh, dialogue, you know, moments in the trailer and, and obviously going to be uh, much more expounded upon in the actual movie um, of Ryan Reynolds' Pikachu. And it's great. Like, it's it's so funny um, when they, like, have the little scene where, he, you know, he's going around like, can you hear him? And she's in the girl's like, yeah, Pika Pika, and like it's, it's <laughs> hilarious. And he's like, yeah, they can't hear me, bro. <laughs> like, um, and like just th- like that, the notion of like coming up with it, like to to have the artistic approach, if you will, to do it like that, just makes so much more sense. You don't really have to go into a deep explanation of things, um, but it, it just it gives you so much more to be able to work with the characters that are Pokemon. Um, and it kind of, at least in my mind, signifies like, uh, like bonds between Pokemon and people, which was such a big thing in the original series. Um, Ash's bond with Pikachu was um, something that, you know, was, was a, just amazing for the original series. Um, for the for the original cartoon and and any sort of extended medium, and so like it makes sense that they would do it this way so that that bond can be established uh, between our um, you know main character and Pikachu. So I'm really excited. I thought there was a lot of comedic moments in this trailer that like really hit on the mime scene uh, being one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I loved it. I, I was very skeptical of a Detective Pikachu movie, um, but after seeing this trailer, man, I'm all in. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm gonna have to dust off my old uh, Pokemon knowledge and like get back into it. Um, 
because like this this shit looks awesome. The thing about when I when this trailer just just dropped was I don't even recall when they started shooting. Like all I remember was they were saying there was going to be a movie and right. now there's a trailer. Like I don't exactly. even remember when in that period they started filming it. So it completely caught me off guard. Um, and you know everything that you said. I think the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to, Nick, is seeing how Pokemon stadiums look. Uh, oh, we yeah. see people using Pokeballs. Um, and obviously oh, they don't have good. to touch on it, uh, obviously that much, because that's not what the movie is catered uh, about. But it's in that world. So to see what a Pokemon gem looks like, the realism of it, to see what the Pokeballs look like, uh, how you capture Pokemon. Like, is there going to be a scene where someone tries to catch this Pikachu and <laughs> Pikachu just goes, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, like, you, you better have a Master doing, Ball, man? motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun because we know, uh, specifically with Ash, uh, he had a relationship with Pikachu that Pikachu would, uh, was to never be in a Pokeball, like ever. Right. Um, his yeah. Pikachu. Um, so it's in be fact, I believe in the game, in Pokemon Yellow, if you ever did try to put him in a Pokeball, like there were some, some kind of serious ramifications from that, as I recall. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's going to be fun to see how this, this interaction is. I mean, because honestly, I'd be fine if this was, for this universe, their version of Ash and Pikachu. Um, but Pikachu obviously yeah, cool. can talk. Uh, like, I'd be completely fine with that. I don't need the cartoon-accurate Ash. Um, I just want the world. That's it. <laughs> and we have it now. Um, Joa, I'll go to you. What were your thoughts of Detective Pikachu? Well, I... Uh... I geeked out pretty damn hard as I watched that trailer. I didn't expect to, because uh, like you know, I, I mean, we knew it was coming. We knew like we heard rumors, uh, and then of course that when he got casted and Ryan Reynolds casted as the voice of Pikachu, it was like that's still hard for some people to take. But um, I didn't know what to expect. I, I wanted it to do well because I'm a fan of the Pokemon series, but I had no idea what to expect. Um, and then. We heard like this week that the trailer was might drop, and then we got rumors of like it, it testing well. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm very curious to see how it looks more than anything, how it looks, and of course, what what kind of story they they have. And then the trailer dropped, and I remember seeing the like the 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 still of Pikachu, and it looked weird. Like my, when I first saw it, it looked kind of weird because he looked like a doll. And I'm like, yeah, the I don't fur, know, I don't like, like it, especially the fur. Like that's what got me. Like I I know yeah. that they have. Like, it makes sense that Pikachu would have fur, but they never drew right. the fur in the original cartoon. So, like, no. that no, part of it was kind of offsetting to me as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was weird. It was definitely weird. And it was, like, it, like you said, it's just different. It took a little bit, you know, to, to get used to that. Like, just the picture. When I played the trailer, I was, like, I'm wasn't, again, and, like, you started seeing them move around, and you saw these, like, I think you saw Charmander in the beginning, and you saw, like, a whole bunch of, like, other Pokemon, not barely saw them, because it was a really quick glimpses. And I'm like, I don't, they look almost exactly like the Pokemon I remember. I thought they'd probably alter it to make them look a little more realistic, but they kind of combined the realism of their, like, the texture of their skin or their fur or their or feathers or whatever the fuck with the actual look. Like, they didn't hold back on the eyes. They have big eyes. Um... And then, of course, you finally get to see Pikachu, and I'm like, holy shit, he looks amazing. I, I, and look, I'm a huge Pikachu fan. He was my favorite Pokemon as a kid. He was, like, my first character that I ever played with in Smash Brothers, and I, he was, like, my main. And it's, like, 
it was just crazy how, like, he, and the voice worked for me. Like, I love Brian Reynolds. I've always been a big Brian Reynolds fan, but I didn't know how I was going to like him as the voice of Pikachu, and he killed it. I thought he did great. It was funny. Um, I think his name was Justice Smith, I think, is the actor in the, in the trailer. I, he, he did great in the small part that we saw him in. I think they're going to have a good dynamic together. I, I just seeing the Pokemon, like, we saw Jigglypuff with fur, too. Weird. But, look, I love, she had the the microphone in her hand or whatever, just the classic, like, look of J- Jigglypuff. And you have, uh, we saw Charizard, we saw Greninja. It was insane. Like, I just, I did kind of overly geek out. Even at work, I was at work when I was watching the trailer, and I just get, like, the, the girl worked next to me, she was looking at me weird. Like, I just, I'm, I had to, like, show her to see what, like, this is what I'm, look at this. This is insane. <laughs> um, I, I just was really, I was really, uh, taken aback. I did not expect to like that trailer as much as I did, and I'm really excited to see what comes next. I tell you what, uh, this is completely biased for me, 100%. The first thing I thought after I watched this trailer, maybe the third time, was if they could visually get Pokemon to look this good, and it does well in the box office, which I can almost guarantee that it will, um, at least make up for whatever its budget was. Uh, my first thought was, they could do Digimon. <laughs> like, now I'm just like, all right, oh, we need on. to get this movie out quick. Focus. Right? Come on, Digimon Dwarf. Movie. No. Sorry, I'm Focus. sorry, I'm Dwarf. sorry. No. This is a launching pad. <laughs> no. Come on. Focus on Pokemon right now. So you um, can tell James. you no as well. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Dave? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's that type of launching pad. But um, anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, when I first heard when I when I first heard about this, when I first heard about this <laughs> months ago when we reported it, I was like, "This is the dumbest thing ever." They're making a fucking Detective Pikachu movie. You know, just the concept of, of questions. Very much during a time period where Pokemon Go first started, everyone started getting back into it. Everyone mm-hmm. was asking in a film. I didn't think so. One, because video games are hard to, tra- you know, translate into film, obviously, with, with the past. And even if, if, if Pokemon is separate than video games, though, it's an entity by itself. It, it's card games. It, it's many things altogether. Obviously, video games is a thing, uh, component. But also just the concept of this giant world and a person going place to place and trying to get these things and fight against gym leaders and whatnot. And then they said which made it even more ridiculous that it was going to be a detective Pikachu and they were looking for someone to play Pikachu's voice. And I was like, this is not going to work. This is, this is, this is ridiculous. Like even the initial idea, you know, I'm not down for. And then they got Ryan Reynolds, you know, attached, but I didn't know he was playing Pikachu's voice. I don't even know if that was hundred percent confirmed a while back. He was just attached to the project. So I was assuming he would be the Ash like character. All right. You know, whatever. So everyone starts raving about this damn trailer. It's the Pokemon one. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? And I'll have to say that I can't believe, at least within a trailer, that they were able to legitimize Pokemon being an actual entity and and making it grounded enough where I can – it's kind of like – and, yes, I am about to make this comparison. You know, say what you will about Michael Bay's Transformer movies, and I've said a lot of shit about them. I always, when I got the first look, look of the first one specifically and how they were doing the Transformers, I was like, okay, well, that actually works. I didn't think they could actually adapt this, but that visually looks realistic and also still comes off, you know, science fiction like, like super fantastic. And with this, 
the hat on of, of, of I like the texture of all the of all the Pokemon. I love that they're really animals. Mm-hmm. I actually think that's a way to incorporate realism in it. I love Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu. Like I said, you know, it's going to be funny that he's going to be known for Deadpool and Pikachu now primarily, but it's like PG Deadpool is what we're uh, setting up a little bit, which I'm down for. You know, he's going to do different things with this character, but I just love how everyone does not understand him. But this guy, for some reason, does. The scope of the world, I think, opens up possibilities, not for Digimon, for possible (laughs) other Pokemon. Other Pokemon films, you know, exploring the universe. And shit, I'll say it right now. This this world is going to be different than our world. And if they explore and decide to do it, Ash, it will make more sense and I think be better if they bounce off of this universe. If they're like, all right, let's go with Ash now after we've already opened up with this fun adventure comedy style film with Ryan Reynolds, do that. And who knows how big this world is. They're doing a CG-based um uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Super Mario Brothers movie, Who, who's to say that eventually if this does well and they can separate from that stigma of video game movies and be Nintendo movies, we couldn't get, you know, and we don't have to, shared universes don't have to happen, but we could get a shared universe. And maybe that joke about it. the Super Smash Brothers initiative is, is not too far, 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 far away. But maybe I'm overthinking things. I'll just say that the trailer was awesome. And I can't believe I'm talking positively about a detective fucking Pikachu movie. But kudos to, to them. That's all I got to say. I lo- I actually, And I also want to say I did like Digimon. I watched it too. But that's because I was so obsessed Me with Pokemon. Too. Still. Right. Hey, oh, no. <laughs> Damn it, exactly. Shane. You son of a bitch. Um, no, I just yeah, want to add one right. more thing real quick. Um, I also, like, <laughs> the, just the, the little scene where uh, he first finds Pikachu and Ryan Reynolds is like, I know you can't understand me, but if you don't put down that taser, I will shock you with my stapler. tail. <laughs> like, uh, stapler, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, nonetheless, like, that that little scene, like, and he, like, drops the stapler because he understands him. Um, but, like, that scene in and of itself was, was pretty fucking hard. <laughs> it was good. Absolutely. It was so good. Um, and I will so say... I will say, suck it, guys. We will be getting a Digimon movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we will. I will not be hyped uh, at all for that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, um, I, I am I am really curious uh, <clears throat> about a lot of this movie. Um, like I said before, the Pokemon fans, Pokeballs. It just it looked like a lot of fun. And shout out to I can't remember where I heard this from, but someone said he, he was blown away at how Pikachu sounded like a 60 year old smoker. Uh, Ryan Reynolds does have that kind of voice, but Pikachu does look dope. Um, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about something that I'm pretty sure I'm going to 100% cry at the end of. Uh, Toy Story 4 has a teaser that they released. It was a two-sided teaser. One was with um, the cast of like Woody, uh, Buzz, Mr. Potato Head, kind of all going in like a circle and then getting tripped up, whatever. Um, and then there was another one introducing two new characters voiced by uh, Keegan-Michael Key and uh, Jordan Peele, um, kind of just trying to make fun. Yes, Keegan Peele, thank you. Um, poking fun <laughs> at Buzz Lightyear's slogan, um, only for Woody and Buzz to drop it and kind of some straight. Uh, they look like they're going to be hilarious in this. Um, Joel, I'll go to you first. What are your thoughts on what I'm assuming has to be the 
final Toy Story. Um, what are your thoughts on kind of the very brief teaser and your expectations for this movie? Well, I say never assume it's the final because, you know, the last ones could have definitely been the final Toy yep. Story, and obviously that's not the case. So for all we know, this opens up a whole other trilogy for all we know. Because Andy, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what, what role Andy plays in this movie considering how it ended. Doesn't need to play a role. Uh, but exactly, it could be a whole new kid now or a whole new or kid maybe he's wherever the, dad. the fuck they are now. Maybe he's the oh, dad and he yeah. comes across that's those old toys. That's interesting. See, that's, there's a whole other world you could explore now. Whole new toys to play with with the new generation. So it's gonna be interesting. Um, I don't know. Based just on simply on the teaser, the first teaser was it was pretty nice. It was pretty cute. Um, didn't do much for me. Uh, I'm still excited for it, but it, you know it is what it is. But I really did prefer the Key and Peel one. That that was really I laughed pretty hard with that one with uh, Ducky, I think his name, and so I feel what the other character's name was. But. Um, I'm looking forward to Toy Story because, of course, it's one of the best uh, Disney Pixar uh, films out ever. Series general, probably one of the best trilogies ever. And it's just, mm-hmm. uh, can they can they live up to the expectations that that come with it? You know, because it is Toy Story. They have a lot, you know, to live up to. But just based on what we saw, I really liked it. Even though it got outshined because it came out the same day as the fucking Pokemon uh, Detective Pikachu trailer, um, I did, you know, it did its job. <laughs> it teased. Yeah, I mean, I also don't think it helped that it was uh, a teaser instead of a full-on trailer. I think um, I don't the hype would have beat Pokemon, but I think it would have been close um, if it had given us a full trailer. But a teaser was just to kind of let us know that it's coming. Um, It's going to be a crazy year next year, man. (laughs) Toy Story, a Lion King actual movie. Uh, I think there was Mm. another Disney adaptation that they were doing. Oh, Aladdin. Aladdin. Um, so a lot of our challenges yeah. can be explored big time next year. Um, but, yeah, like you said, it, it was very little. Um, it was just really cool to see them back together again. Um, and you're right, never say never, because the last one was supposed to be the last one. Um, but from yeah. the, I think it was – I can't remember which one of the stars was saying this. I, I don't want to misquote, but they were kind of saying that um, this one's going to leave you in tears. So I'm like, I don't want to cry at the end of it. And then you're like, guess what? We're coming back with Toy Story 5. <laughs> Like no, that'll be right. it, it. That'll be dumb. Um, so let's hope they don't go that route. Um, but Nick, what did the teaser do for you? What What are your expectations for uh, Toy Story Four? Do you think this is the conclusion or just the combo? Uh, like I, I would agree with Joel. Like, um, uh, in in his infinitely uh, measured approach, um, you never know. Yeah, I mean, you can never say never when it comes to a franchise like Toy Story. And, you know, I mean, I certainly feel like like they did with really any of the movies, honestly, like none of the movies ended where they were like, oh, well, we have to add on to it. They just they just all continuously were so good that they were like, yeah, let's do another. Um, And I feel like that's how they should have it. Um, Like do this one. And um, honestly, I feel like like you said, uh, Jawan, if anything, Toy Story 3 ended in the best possible fashion as far as a bookend. Um, so if they're doing this one um, and they end it with another bookend, um, it doesn't mean they can't come back for Toy Story 5. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't necessarily, I guess, have an opinion on whether it'll be 
the the end or whether it should be the end. If it is, it's fine with me. Um, and if it's not, it's also fine with me. Um, but as far as the teaser trailer, the one with Key and Peele is fucking hilarious. Like, that, like, just them going, like, on and on and, and like, kind of mimicking the other um, uh, Tim Allen and, and Tom Hanks voices uh, was hilarious. And then when they come in at the end, and especially, like, just the, like, humor of it. Like, when they finally, when he says, to infinity and beyond, and they just, like, start laughing at him. They're like, bro, you don't know how science works. Like, dude, I fucking died. I was like, oh, my God, dude, that's so <laughs> funny. Like, I just, I, I, yeah, dude, like, that was hilarious. Um, so, yeah, like, it, it's, it's um, you know, not nothing big, but it's, this is, type of marketing campaign that I really like though like you don't like the main thing don't show me too much um and and two in a teaser like I would rather it be something like this especially with a cartoon than like showing me footage that we're going to see continuously throughout the trailers um I'd rather it be like a little sideshow thing like this and that's why Deadpool was so um, so great at their um, ramp up and their media and their trailers, um, getting everybody interested in the product uh, was because they didn't just give you the typical trailer. Um, now, that doesn't work for all mediums or all movies, um, but if you can make it work for your movie, you should definitely take advantage of it. Um, and, and I think Toy Story um, is, is and, and really kind of anything that has that kind of following um, can, and, and especially something that's comedic can make that work. And I think they hit the nail on the head. Like um, it definitely like was like, Oh, for me anyway, it was like, Oh yeah, I got toy story four to look forward to like cool. And I, I just got reminded that like the type of humor that they deliver so well in all the toy story movies. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely, um, I won't say, like, has amped me up even more for it, but it reminded me um, why I love all of those movies so much. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think Toy Story has that rare ability that Deadpool does, that Deadpool, to me, only needed one trailer, and all you had to do from there is just uh, little short videos of Deadpool, like the little marketing videos that they were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout the entire campaign of leading up into the movie. Like, you didn't need... Exactly. I need three trailers of Deadpool. Like, I honestly didn't. I needed one to kind of give me an idea on what the movie was, and then just give me pure humor from his videos uh, leading up into the movie. Toy Story has that rare ability to do the same thing. Like, you could just do... Uh, you could do these teasers, or you could do one trailer and nothing but just hilarious edits because you have such an amazing cast and now adding on to uh, Comedy Minds and uh, Key and Peele, you can just do small little clips that, that are just hilarious, uh, that aren't in the movie, that just makes people even more excited to see uh, Toy Story 4. So, yeah, I completely agree with you, uh, Nick. Um, Dane, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the teasers from Toy Story 4? Uh, you know, I'm a cold individual, so I don't care. No, I'm just kidding. I, I love the <laughs> I love the teaser. I love Key and Peele's little characters. Um, I love that this is coming back. Can we just, like, not tug on my heartstrings that, like, too much? Like, hear that Tom <laughs> Hanks, look at the damn actors for his last uh, vocal performance. 
because he was getting so emotional. It's like, you know, the first two movies, I mean, they were they were emotional, but holy shit, the third one at the ending, and then then now 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 with this, it's like, ugh, like. I definitely can't go on a date to see this movie. I made that horrible mistake when seeing up with someone. God. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes of the fucking film next to a date. That's all I got to say. You know, do what you got to do, guys. Maybe go on sensitive person. But, yeah, I, I, I'm completely down. I, I'm very excited. I love going back to this world. I just want to see some updates, you know? I want to see some, some different things. Like, you know, maybe a cameo from, from some Avengers, like, action figures, like, interacting Ooh. and making fun of Buzz. You know, yeah. they, they have the right to that. Related things. Um, maybe maybe the Xbox uh, One talks shit to them when it's on. Like, you guys are idiots. I can do all this. Mm-hmm. Like, something like that. Maybe a fidget spinner with ADHD. That would be interesting, right? You know, it just spins itself constantly. It's like, revved up on coffee and shit. I don't know. Do whatever they got to do. I'm down for it. I love Pixar. Could you imagine? Wait, Dane, I just want to expound upon that for just a second. Could you imagine like uh, like a like a two or three minute scene in which um, Woody and Buzz come into contact with Captain America and Iron Man and essentially like Iron Man's like, yeah, I'm totally better than you in every single way, Buzz Lightyear. And Captain America and like Woody like have this like yeah, like I'm, I, like oh, yeah, we, we respect you, blah 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 blah, and then like just work off that and actually have Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans do the voices for those characters. Like, oh my God, that would be so fucking amazing. <laughs> oh, I thought I, I thought I sold you with the fidget spinner with ADHD. Damn. No, no, no. It's more the, <laughs> more the Captain America uh, notion going on in my head. But yeah, no, I mean, some Marvel characters would be great. And like the fact that it's all under the same roof makes it totally possible. Um, and, and you know what, like it, as long as it's like a cameo, which I think it would be, um, like, I don't see any reason why like Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans or any of them for that matter would be like, no, like we don't, you know, we're not, we're not going to do that. You know? I mean, I think they totally right. would do it. So, I mean, that would be awesome. Or- that would be so funny. Or Nick, uh, you could just use um, even if like let's say the, the schedule don't, don't didn't meet up or don't meet up, um, you could just use one of the lines from the movie. Like you could have uh, <laughs> Woody come across uh, Iron Man and just go, "Who are you?" And then like he hits a button or something. And it's like genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. And it's like, oh, that's there you go. Yeah. From Avengers. Um, so I mean, you could do like little small things like that. That would just be awesome. Um, or finally have Captain America say uh, Avengers Assemble. That'd be dope. Um, yes. You know, that's to get it once. Um, but, yeah, Dan, I will <laughs> say, as someone who has ADHD, I love that fidget spinner idea. That'd be hilarious. Um, just like Woody trying to have a conversation with this, this fidget spinner that's just going around and around and around. <laughs> get like, a million, uh, million seconds. Say it again. Get 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 I forgot what his last name is, but get Bobcat to do the voice, uh, the comedian. You know what? Bobcat Goldwyn. Yeah. Yes. Cold, cold, yeah. <laughs> <Call me> spins. <laughs> that spins. How's it going? Okay, cool. I'm all right. I was just trying to let hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be oh, fucking amazing. That would be Goldway. Goldway. Let's relax. Let's relax on making Toy Story more money than it already is about to make. Um, but make our own on, Toy, um, Toy Story. I'm going to go to Nick for a word from our sponsor. 
indeed. The blistering brigade of winter is here, everyone. You know what that means. Time to dig out those bulky winter clothes that don't quite do the trick. Well, let me offer you an alternative. We have a better solution from our sponsor, Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat, similar to like a heated car seat. Toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and undergarments. Look, I've made it abundantly clear uh, that I can't stand my feet being cold. It sucks. It's the worst. Their socks just totally solve that problem. They're so amazing. And with Christmas coming up, you know what I'm getting everybody for their stocking stuffers? They're amazing socks because you always get socks on Christmas. And you're like, all right, cool. Like, I could use some extra socks. But I'm going to get them these socks, and they're going to be, like, mind-blown so much better than your average pair of socks. Action Heat is available in men's and women's attire, offer great new styles, and it's very reasonably priced starting at just $39.99. Plus, if you go to actionheat.com, you can enter our code GDN at checkout and get 20% off. Or go to actionheat.com backslash GVN for the same result. That's actionheat.com backslash GVN or enter the code GVN at checkout to get 20% off your order. You can't control the weather, but you can control your environment with Action Heat. Back to you, Juwan. Well, I mean, I know I'm about to go get me some socks from Action Heat. Thank you very much, Nick, and thank you to Action Heat. Uh, New Jersey here with this huge snowstorm that just hit. Action Heat is going to come in very clutch uh, for what I assume is going to be one of the most weirdest winters. Uh, Indeed. (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, all right, so let's get into some more mo- uh, movie news, I guess. Let's go into some Disney news. Uh, apparently, the showrunner of Daredevil Season 3, um, I cannot pronounce his name, so I'm going to just say Eric. We're going to go with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, My. the showrunner for Daredevil Season 3, Eric, uh, has pitched Season 4 of Daredevil to Netflix and is patiently waiting on their response. Um this makes me really nervous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I kind of feel like he's saying, look, guys, if season four doesn't happen, I did what I could <laughs> to make it happen. I got right. an idea. I got a script. Um, it all just matters on whether or not they want me to or they want the show to come back. Um, I, I really don't know what to think. Nick, I'm going to go to you first. Um, are you excited that, uh, you know, Eric kind of has, uh, an idea, and if not a script already re- uh, ready to to uh, to go. Uh, what are your thoughts on the the idea of Netflix bringing Daredevil back? Do you think they will, or do you think Netflix is like after Punisher and Jessica Jones, we're clean in the slate uh, and we're done with these Marvel characters? Man, it's so it's so weird because. Obviously, we all want to see Daredevil continue, and we all wanted to see all of these characters continue as um, the right. yeah, as, as the geek uh, geeks that we are. We really, really wanted um, 
to, to see what happened with Luke Cage now being in control of the club. We wanted to see what happened with Iron Fist now that he's got the two fists and how did that happen and everything else. Um, and, of course, we want to see where Daredevil goes. The thing to me that's, like, most telling is that um, the Daredevil didn't get immediately picked up for season four. I mean, like yep. – Castlevania like got immediately picked up for season two after they they uh, launched that, and I think they've been picked up for season three if I'm not mistaken. Um, That's right. Yeah, like immediately after season two dropped, um, and so that that's usually like what you expect like when a show drops on Netflix and it does well within like the first week, like they are like, yeah, we're doing season whatever comes after whatever season we're on. Um, and we haven't heard that from Daredevil, and and you know you you couple that with obviously um, Iron Fist is not coming back, Luke Cage is not coming back. Yeah, it makes me nervous. It really, really does. Um, and you know, like I I don't know. I find it very hard to believe that um, that Daredevil of all shows on Netflix uh, did like doesn't warrant them monetarily um you know uh making another season i don't know i just have to figure there's maybe something else at play and maybe these these rumors that we've heard and it's all been conjecture i don't i don't feel like we've heard anything from any sort of significant sources about this um but you know the the rumor that the disney plus platform um is maybe going to take over these characters or something, you know, um, or how that might factor in with all of this. Maybe that does have some involvement. Maybe Disney made them an offer they couldn't refuse um, as far as just, you know, them being able to, to take these characters and run with them. I, I don't know. Who knows? I don't feel like Disney needs them. I don't feel like Disney Plus needs them because, I mean, they're, they've got their whole own slate of shows that are going to actually be directly connected to the MCU. So, like, I struggle to, like, piece all of this together and figure out exactly what's going on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Daredevil has been so successful and so high quality, um, and it's really had no pickups at all from anybody. Any Like, like there are people um, who had their problems with... Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist, um, respectively. And some, some some of those shows more than others, and different people like different shows and what have you. But Daredevil has been that, like, constant. And it's weird that they maybe aren't going to go forward with with it. It's, it's just the notion of it is weird to me. Um, but, it, you know, at this point, it's a distinct possibility because of how long it's been since Daredevil dropped and we've had no word um, from them about continuing it. So I'm glad that they that you know the showrunner has an idea for what he wants to do for season four. Um, and season three was amazing, uh, but it, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't really make me confident that we're necessarily going to get it. And if we don't, it's a damn shame. Yeah, I mean, I told you guys before, the biggest thing that shocked me was how quickly Jessica Jones got greenlit for a season three. Like, I felt as though, like, that was way too fast. Like, I felt as though 
no one really enjoyed the second season that much. Uh, the reviews for it weren't that high. You shut your um, mouth. The second season was awesome. Okay. <laughs> no, I will not take that from you. No problem. I respect that you enjoyed it. I personally just couldn't really get into it. Um, but I, I thought the uh, it being greenlit as, as fast as, as, it, uh, as it was, was, you know, I, at, at the time I thought like, oh, okay, cool. So, like, when Iron Fist passes season two, We'll be getting a season three. Uh, same thing for Luke Cage. So the fact that those two shows don't have a season three and Jessica Jones does uh, means that they obviously think very highly of it. Um, I also think the the whole idea of um, what that show is supposed to stand for plays into it a little bit also. Um, so, I mean, this is just one of those things where it's like, I like I said before, Daredevil season three ended to where it kind of had in the back of its head if we don't have a season four, I ended it to where I kind of just tied everything off. Um, I tell you so, what. I mean, I, go ahead. I'm I sorry. Gotta, I just got to say one thing. Like, don't get any, like, further continuation from these shows. I would at least hope that we get a Defender season two to, like, cap everything off and to have Bullseye be a part of it um, and then any other loose string characters um, be a part of it because we deserve some kind of conclusion to these various series. Um, they they shouldn't be left just open ended the way that uh, it would be if if things just ended um, as of now. Like I, I think the fans deserve that, and I think you could you could do it in in a like eight episode format and just um, you know uh, give a send off to these characters that they deserve. Yeah, and I mean, I think the most upsetting thing is, um, I don't remember if I, if I told you guys this, but uh, the word was um, Danny Rand was supposed to take on, Joe, I know you probably heard this, was supposed to take on the costume of the uh, the character, Joel, you Orson. were telling me about that had the... Or, or, the Orson Randall. Yes, was going to take yeah. on his costume. So with the holsters, with the mask, um, and it was it was going to look dope. Uh, that was the idea that they had going into season three. Uh, so a lot about that is really interesting. A lot about Luke Cage now being the owner of Harlem's Paradise, really interesting. So there's like a lot of storylines that weren't tied off the way Daredevil season three was, that you're kind of just like, I feel like you kind of owe us a little bit. Like, you know, give them an eight episode season three for each. And then if you want to tie it off and be done, be done. But, don't leave it like that. Like, come on. Um, but, Joel, I'll pass it to you. Uh, what are your thoughts about, you know, uh, the idea of him pitching season four to Netflix? Do you think it'll be greenlit? Uh, do you think we'll know before the end of this year? Um, or do you think this possibly is another casualty of Netflix's Marvel, uh, you know, Marvel Universe? And once Punisher and Jessica Jones are done, they're done with the whole Marvel Universe. I don't know. I I don't know. For the first time in a while, I'm not very, I'm not sure. Uh, like uh, Nick was saying, like usually, you know, we know right away, right? Um, like like they would they usually renew it pretty quickly after the the results come in, and that has not been the case. Um, especially with uh, the Marvel Netflix shows, and it's like uh, Daryl's season three was amazing. I mean, just on quality alone, it should be renewed right from the get go. But it hasn't yet. We haven't heard anything yet. And it it really is kind of starting, uh, you know, I'm going to get nervous because it's like, 
it deserves to be renewed. We deserve to see more of Daredevil. And uh, I'm not going to lie, of the all the shows, Daredevil is the only one that probably left you with the most closure because uh, obviously Luke Cage and Iron Fist left you with blue balls. So you're like sitting there like, what the fuck? And Jessica Jones technically kind of left you. Oh, but, you know, you were good. <laughs> like, it didn't have to come back for another season. Even though I am looking forward to season three, I did like season two. Uh, I love all these shows. I'm a mark for all the fucking Marvel Netflix shows. So it's hurting me a lot to know that this might be the end of that. Um, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully he does get um, renewed. We get a Daredevil season four. Uh, I, I don't want it to end with what uh, with either – probably it's probably going to end. If it does end, it'll probably end with Jessica Jones season three. Um and 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 it'd be it'd be way too premature for me. I do want to see this world expand. Maybe they're just changing things up, and they're just taking time. Uh, they're taking their time to see where they want to go next. Um, but this whole because Disney um, is doing with their thing with the Disney Plus, and of course having now a, a bigger stakes in Hulu, um, they may just start pulling. And it's just a matter of Netflix now has the right to 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 go forward or, or decline. But it's Netflix is they have a lot of weird bullshit on their on their uh their 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 thing. And it's just like you telling me they can't get enough views for the Marvel shows? I I just don't believe that. I just the part of me is like how can you not get enough of the views that you guys I know you weren't getting as much because it was such a um such a I guess it was such a high volume uh in the initial uh launches for these shows and they were cuz we got they were broke records a lot of these shows even Iron Fist Broke records when it first, even though it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't taking well. It broke records when it first came out. Uh, I guess it was such a decline for a lot of the other, like the next seasons. They just, uh, it just turned them off. But I, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see. Um, I don't want, I don't want to be wrong. I mean, I don't. I, I'm just, I don't know. I really don't know. I really want to see a season four. So, please, please, God, uh, give us a season four. Yeah. I will say one thing to what you were saying before, Joel. Uh, well, two things, actually. Um, one, Jessica Jones, the only thing that it ended on that I was just like, we kind of need, like, I would kind of like a season three to kind of explore that a little bit more, was the emergence of Hellcat. Um, yeah. Because it's like, yeah. all right, well, you you <laughs> finally got Hellcat. Like, you can't end it now. Like, now give me Hellcat. Um, so I definitely am looking forward to that in season three and how they explore it. And as far as like the the Disney uh, Disney Plus uh, now we can call it, um, I feel like if Netflix decides to end all these shows uh, and like just be completely done with it, I just feel like Kevin Feige wouldn't be in any hurry to to resurrect these shows. Um, like he has a slate of stuff he's doing now. Star Wars has stuff they're doing, um, and I think if anything, Kevin Feige might be more interested in doing. Moon Knight, uh, Ghost Rider, like Blade, like characters like that, and then maybe after some time possibly work back in Daredevil, Iron Fist, stuff like that. I just don't think he'd be in a hurry. I'm not saying he wouldn't do it. I'm just saying if Netflix cut ties, I don't think there would be an immediate need for him uh, to bring those characters back to life. Um, and that is really truly unfortunate because it's like, man, you've gotten really good with these shows, and now for what? Like, their reasoning for it is what I think is confusing me the most. Like, Iron Fist was the reception and the views weren't there. Luke Cage was, um, you know, uh, differences on, uh, uh, what do you call it? Lost my train of thought. Um, creative Life, differences, really. sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. So, like, they, they're not really giving us, 
clear explanation on why these shows wouldn't just be greenlit immediately after um, the their seasons have aired. And I also heard, uh, I don't know how true this is, so I'll preface that, Daredevil season three in its first few weeks, I think they said, uh, didn't do as well as it did for season two. Um, its views were down. Uh, not drastically by any means, but they just were down. So it's like, I, I don't know what Netflix is going by because the, the general audience loved it. I think all audiences loved it. It was highly reviewed. So it's like, why wouldn't you want to bring it back um, for, for a season? But I, Dane, shed some light, man. <laughs> uh, why would they not bring Daredevil back for season four? Um, because they know everyone wants it. So why are they playing games with it? If if we don't get continuous Daredevil, it's going to be a big Disney minus, if you understand what I'm fucking saying. Um, you know, because they're having a couple of Disney Plus. Thanks, guys. Anyways, just fucking throw me to the wolves. Um, yeah. I, I, um, I'm, not, I'm not happy with uh, these reports. Uh, going back to what you just said, you know, and I, I heard similar reports um, from outlets that didn't do as well, but it's still like within their top five most downloaded programs, and it still did some of the top numbers when it was released. Uh, so there's really not a lot of sense. And apparently, you know, Netflix is the one that let us know they are in control of whether or not these shows leave. So unless, which makes no sense, unless Kevin Feige and Marvel at Creative, who are in, they're, unlike Q Mutter and Jeff Loeb, who were in control of this and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all the television stuff, Marvel Plus is going to be headed by Kevin Feige. He's going to be one of the creative minds specifically for that. So unless he basically asked them to try to, like, get those shows out, I would think that's because they have a home for them on on, on Disney+. Plus. And I, I, I don't know why he would want them off of that. And if it's Netflix' decision, that seems extremely stupid, just because it, even if they didn't perform as well, which part of that, by the way, I think is, is marketing's fault. You know, the first two seasons of Daredevil, say what you want about – which one's better between them. They both were heavily advertised. I, I just feel like the third one kind of, the third season kind of came out of nowhere. Like I knew about it because I was within, you know, our community of people, but my boss who I got to daredevil is a huge fan, had no idea. You know, he saw the trailer, but he didn't know it was dropping that weekend. And I had to tell him and he went back and watched the whole thing, but the quality of the show is not down, you know, for, for daredevil or, or for what I saw of Luke Cage, you know, creative differences. Is all this bullshit? And this is really Netflix, Disney cutting a deal to get them off there. Possibly, I guess. I, I just don't see. Then that would make me think that maybe they're making, if not specifically a Daredevil show, taking these characters, hopefully with the same actors. I would assume they would because they already kind of technically put them in the same universe, even though they never really – you know, confirm that. And they've already have people that like these characters played by these actors. Maybe they're going to make like a Marvel Knights show that will be kind of how they used to do the comics, where it will be a Daredevil story, and then they'll maybe introduce two stories running together, kind of like how Game of Thrones does it. Something that's where they don't have to have an end connection part. They're kind of just maybe one episode's fully Daredevil. Very similar to how Titans is doing it. The only difference mm -hmm. is it's not going to be that hard R. It won't be like Daredevil can get. It's not going to be like how Titans can get. It's not going to be like how Punisher can get. But it will be enough for us to enjoy these characters going forward. You know, your, your heroes for hire, your, your Punisher, 
whoever. That's the case, great, but I just don't see any reason for Netflix to want to take them off of there. And if, if Kevin Feige has no interest in the characters, which would make sense, you know, because there was such a uh, outing between him and Schumacher over Marvel, um, mm-hmm. why he would want them, why, why he would want to get rid of them, or why Disney would want to get rid of them when they're, you know, they're making some type of monetary value off of them being on Netflix to just null and void and completely take them, bench them, do absolutely nothing with them. That makes absolutely no sense. So I have no idea. Maybe we're all just being a little bit too precautious because of what just happened to both Iron Fist and Luke Cage. I just mm-hmm. feel because of the popularity and the buzz and everyone talking about it, Punisher and Daredevil first, Marvel's two most popular superheroes of the Netflix characters, and they have done the best, you know, the seasons that they've, they've, they've given us. So I just don't see a reason to cancel either one of them. With Jessica Jones, it still has a huge calling and has huge potential. So did Luke Cage. Iron Fist, I could see the reasons, but then you can also put that into Luke Cage. But then again, creative differences, like I said, I don't know if that was part of it, like where, you know, Chael came up with what he wanted to do for the story, and they said, hey, you need Danny a part of it completely. And he was like, well, I can put in, you know, him into it in parts, but I already have a story laid out, and we can introduce him next season. And there was more of like a no or go, and he called his bluff. That's the only thing I can think of for that show specifically, because Luke Cage was another popular show. I would have said that Daredevil, Punisher, and Luke Cage were their top three shows, and Jessica Jones and Iron Fist definitely had viewers, but I think those were their, their main ones. So I'm just bewildered by what's going on. I, I hope to find out some answers, and I'm, I'm hoping it just gets, you know, another season. It, it, it did well enough, I think, on the network for it to have a reason to have another season. And maybe we have to wait for Punisher to be done to see what happens after that, because if that does really well and doesn't get another season immediately, something's up. Yep. Yeah, I will say that uh, depending on if we get a Punisher trailer end of this year um, or not, I think by the time Punisher actually releases, we should have some information um, on Daredevil. I mean, I'd even go as far as to say Jessica Jones, the latest. By then, if we don't have any information on Daredevil by that point on whether or not they're actually going forward with it, I think it might just be a thing of as soon as Darede- uh, as soon as Punisher and Jessica Jones are done, they're going to then come out and say we're either done with it all or we're revisiting it or we're, we're taking time away to reevaluate. Just something. like I mean, it's one of those things where it's like these, these studios, these companies, these streaming services still, I, I don't know what about just giving information they're allergic to, but they they don't mind just sitting there and letting us assume just the absolute worst. I mean, Warner Brothers is good at that. Um, Netflix is becoming really good at that. And Sony, they just don't mind sitting back letting us just assume and, uh, you know, assume and create just the most negative of narratives uh, while they just sit back and just go, yeah, whatever, yeah, go ahead assume, and then we'll come out whenever we decide to. Um, but I, I just don't think it hurts to tell us we were no longer interested in continuing Iron Fist due to um, its numbers. Luke Cage was purely uh, creative differences. Differences in Daredevil, if we don't go forward with it, it's only because we're done with this universe altogether. That way we can go, okay, we'll enjoy the, the last two seasons of um, Punisher and Jessica Jones, and then, you know, hopefully they get picked up by Hulu or whatever. 
but to say nothing and just let let it continue to dwell, I just think it's just it's it's horrible on them. But what can you do? Um, I will say though, Juwan, that yeah, real quick, if yeah. those if those characters go anywhere, they're not they're basically they're not going to Hulu. They're not going to like the Runaways would probably be. I'm assuming if. If everything gets canceled off of Netflix, they're going to wait and try to grab Runaways 2 from Hulu, and Disney's going to consume them and sit and do nothing with them because they're that petty or putting them put them on their streaming uh, network. I don't think we'll see it go to another streaming uh, service outside of Disney Plus is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, I just I, I would like to know the specific reason because if, if they feel as though they're giving more money than they're receiving on, on viewership or whatever – then okay, all right. You know, maybe us as a geek community didn't do our job enough um, with making sure people were, were watching these shows. Um, so if that's the case, cool, say that. But what's confusing is if Luke Cage didn't get a season three purely from creative differences, that to me is just like I feel as though you could have found some way to work in the middle so we could get a season three. But it just doesn't seem like they're interested in is saying. So that's what scares me the most. Um, is that it, the interest just doesn't seem to be there with Netflix anymore. So that's what scares me about Daredevil going forward. Um, but who knows? Who, who knows? But I, I do understand where you're coming from, Dane, that they could probably be super petty and just sit on it, <laughs> just hold it. I mean, it'd be the equivalent of what Universal has done all these years with the Incredible Hulk. I mean, they're doing nothing with them, but they're, they'll sit there and hold them. <laughs> To the end of days, they'll just hold them just so uh, Marvel can't get the the character rights back. So, whatever. Yep, and Namor. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, and Namor, and Namor, absolutely. Um, but all right, let's move on. We got some more news. Uh, we got a huge rumor that Disney and Marvel Studios have Bumblebee director Travis Knight high on their list uh, to direct Guardians uh, Volume Three. Now, this news is like I, I prefaced before, only rumor. It's confusing because I felt like maybe a month ago we got uh, a rumor or news, whatever, that they were looking to go in the direction of a female director. Um, so, I mean, that does not change anything whatsoever. All this says is that Travis Knight's name has been added uh, to their list of possible directors. So that does not change it, it possibly still being a female director. Um, but I feel as though if this Bumblebee movie does really well, um, like I think most of us are expecting it to, just box office wise, not quality. Um, I I don't see how if he's high on their list they pass him. Um, so Dane, I'm gonna go to you first. Um, excuse me. Uh, what are your thoughts on Travis Knight? I know I don't think he's done that many movies. I think Bumblebee is maybe one of his bigger movies that he he'll be doing. Um, so he probably would have to wait until after Bumblebee to really guess on how he would do with Guardians, but. From the outside looking in, uh, what are your thoughts on Travis Knight being a name high on their list for Guardians 3? Well, um, you know, I, I, he's definitely a director that uh, is stated with a lot of projects. I mean, you know, I, I think that it was Kubo and the Two Strings that proved to a lot of people, including me, that he was a very visual director. But, you know, when you're working with – I think that was stop, stop motion animation. That's different than live action. I think a lot of us, when it was coming to Bumblebee, and I couldn't believe how much I loved the trailer to that movie, uh, another one that completely shocked me. 
Um, but I think it was his creative mind. And, you know, I have to see how Bumblebee is for me to get better, you know, decision or, yeah, better decision to see if he can up the scope even more with a live-action cast doing Guardians, a third film in the franchise after the first two, you know, they're both well-received. I, I just wasn't as big of a fan of the second one, obviously, as compared to the first one. Um, that's that's a lot of fucking pressure to get involved in a project like that. But then again, so is taking over the mantle after, you know, Michael Bay for the Transformer movies. So if he hits that out of the park, I'll say, yeah. And, and uh, you know, the comedic style that he expressed within at least the trailer for that, and also even in Kubo and Two Strings, he seems like he can have fun with, you know, directors are versatile. So even if they've displayed a certain, you know, style for them, look at look at the uh, Russo brothers, for example, comedic directors making amazing action films. So if he does a good job with a large budget film like Bumblebee, that's going to make me think that he would be potential and it's all a rumor, but technically I don't think he's a bad choice. I've heard worse. Right. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to say like, oh, you could choose a billion other people. Like, what if I see Bumblebee and I love it, you know? So I don't want to be premature on saying like, oh, no, 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 go with somebody else. Like, sure. Could could I name maybe four other people I would like to see directed? Yeah. But I don't want to say he's not qualified or pick someone else. And then Bumblebee comes out and I love it. And I'm like, man, now I got to retract everything that I said before. So I'm like, I'll wait, because we do know this movie, uh, Guardians 3, is on hold. They have no interest in uh, speeding up the process to getting this movie out. They don't mind waiting however long they're going to they're gonna wait on this. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like Bumblebee is only a month away, so when it comes out, I think we'll all have a better idea on this guy specifically and then how we feel about him possibly being tied on to Guardians 3, because like you said, Dane, it, it is a bit of a difference um, from Transformers to Guardians 3 on what you would have to do, especially, let's not forget, if Marvel holds him to um, honoring uh, James Gunn's script, because then we're talking a whole other thing. You're, you're now giving someone else's vision. You're not giving your own. So, like, a lot of things go into play here. So that, that's going to be really interesting to see uh, how that all plays out. But, Nick, what are your thoughts on Travis Knight being uh, on Marvel's high list um, to direct Guardians Volume 3? I'm fine with it. And as far as, like, your notion that he's going to have to deliver the version on someone else's script and all that, he's not a screenwriter. He's never written a script in – at least anything that's ever been, you know, produced. Um, so that's kind of the ideal candidate that I think you should be looking at, given that you want to keep James Gunn's script. Um, you you should want to find somebody who is not a screenwriter, who, who comes in, reads the script, likes it, and is like, yeah, I think I can do a lot with this, and and this is these are the things that I would do, and and you know have a meeting and and everything else. Um, I would have to think too that, given that Bumblebee is just on the horizon, um, the execs at uh, Disney have already seen it, and you know some way somehow pressers what have you, um, and that they're like. Yeah, like we really think he did a great job with this. 
imagine what he could do with the Guardians, given that we have such a good script, that we, you know, have all of these great actors and everything else. Um, I, I would, if if it is announced that he's going to be the director, um, I would think that that would be because they have a lot of faith in him. Um, and, you know, it, I don't know. I, I just think that that would make a whole lot of sense, um, you know, given all those variables. And I, I could be wrong, but isn't Kubo and the Two Strings, isn't that a Disney production? I believe it is. Um, I could be wrong on that. It may uh, it may not be. It may be um, something else. Um, but, like, uh, nevertheless, I, I mean, I think, I mean, that that movie basically had, like, a 60, like, $60 million budget. Um, and then, uh, wait, wait, no, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. Had a sixty million dollar budget, um, mm-hmm. and then yeah, and then and then made uh, forty eight million in domestic, and then seventy six million worldwide. Um, so it, it very much cleared its budget, um, and uh, I mean just just worldwide. It, I mean it did. So like it, it it's it it would make sense. That movie got a lot of praise, um, and he did a great job with that for his first directorial debut. Um, I, I, I think he could do a lot with this movie and though I really would like the the notion of a female director coming in and, 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 and doing something with this project, um, I, like I wouldn't be uh I wouldn't be opposed to Travis Knight uh taking the helm on this one. I think it would uh would be um fitting and, and very interesting given all the dynamics of what's going on with that franchise. Yeah, and like I said, it, it, they're in no rush. So, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, <laughs> who knows when they'll make the official decision and where Guardians Volume 3 will fall in their slate um, as far as movies that they have going forward. Uh, I'd assume maybe two years max would be uh, how long we would have to wait for, for Volume 3. I don't think it would ex- ex- extend any long any further than that. Two years max. Um, but, Joel, how do you feel about Travis Knight's name being thrown in the mix to direct uh, Guardians Volume 3? Sounds like a good name. Uh, I don't know a lot of his work. I know of old, I've only seen Kubo, uh, obviously, and um, I haven't seen the Box Trolls or Paranorman, and I know he did those too. Um, but, uh, and I know he had a big, you know, big part in Leica. But I just... I have to see what he does with Bumblebee first and be completely excited with it. But at the same time, I, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because it seems like he seems like a hot name right now. I've only heard good things about Bumblebee so far. Um, so it's like one of those things where you're like, he's got, he's probably the hot shit right now. Whereas like that, the hot name. And it seems like if, if Bumblebee does well, he's going to be uh, uh, courted very, very well by other studios. So if you got, if Marvel's on top of that already, like, Oh, look, <laughs> We have an opening. Would you like to do this? Um, I think uh, he, he, there's a chance he he's not a bad choice. I mean, so far so good. Uh, I've again the box trolls and paranormal were were apparently good movies. I mean, I've only heard good things about those movies. I think I, I, I take that back. I think I did see paranormal. That was not bad. Um, 
But, yeah, I look forward to seeing Bumblebee and what happens with that, and uh, I wish him luck. Hopefully it does work out for him. Um, actually, I was looking up something before we, uh, while you guys were talking about Travis Knight. Did you guys know that he is the uh, son of the founder of Nike? Oh, no. He did what? Yeah. Say that again? He is the he is the son of the founder of Nike. Oh, that's really? interesting. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah, and nice. he started his career. And he started his career as a rapper. There you go. A lot of new things you learned about uh, Travis Knight today. Then there you go. <laughs> you find out something new on Geek Vibes, uh, Geek Vibes Live. Um, there you go. That is interesting, though. <laughs> that is that. Wow, that's that's crazy. Though. Um, damn. Okay, uh, Juwan, uh, <laughs> I think I think we should do I think we should do a Joel facts uh, section every every episode now. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Joel would be prepared every week. He always has stuff that he's telling me. That I'm just like, what? Okay, all right, that's dope. I didn't know that. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on. We got some more news coming out of Disney. Uh, apparently, Pedro Pascal has been cast in the lead role for Disney Plus's Star Wars series, The Mandalorian. Which, by the way, um, Taika Waititi is currently, as of this moment, well, probably not like this moment, um, but is currently filming the season finale of The Mandalorian, which is dope. Um, So they do not have one specific director for a full season, uh, they kind of work somewhat how the Netflix Marvel series works, so where um, you have, like, series. the creator, which is Chael, <laughs> and then you have various different people directing throughout the uh, the season. Um, so, I mean, this is interesting. I think one of the names also directing is Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Oh. Yeah. So um, yeah. they have a lot of very uh, – and the show is headed by John Favreau, for people who might not have known that. Um, yep. So they have a lot of great names attached to this project, and Pedro is just another one added to the great names attached to this project. Uh, Dana, I'm going to start with you. What are your thoughts what? on Pedro being cast what? in a lead role for The Mandalorian? Okay, Nick, ch- chill out. I like Pedro Pascal, okay, and I- I'm excited about this too. <laughs> well, get around to you, man. We know you, only, <laughs> you, got, the most, we know you got the most to say about it. All right. Either way, <laughs> just want to start off by saying, I'm just kidding. Um, to the listeners that think that there might be like some tension or anything like that, or the only tension between me and Nick is, is tender, loving care. Um, sexual. T- wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not going to Not even. Don't even think about it. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Pedro Pascal, awesome actor. Loved him in Game of Thrones. Yeah. See him in a lot of different things. Um, I'm really happy that he got this. I think it's a great role. I can't wait for this show. Um, just to go over the criminal, criminal underworld and everything that the, uh, you know, the bounty hunters have to deal with and the fact that he's the last Mandalorian. There's a lot of cool mythos to this. And it really, you know, diff- it, it, it makes it different than most of the stuff that we get out of the Star Wars universe with the Jedis. And I love the Jedi, the Sith, you know, the, the Rebellion, that whole entire thing's great. But this is new. This is a Western, gangster elements, uh, John Favreau, and one of my, uh, you know, upcoming actors that I've been really uh, happy about. So I'm, I'm excited about this. It's awesome. Yeah, I agree. And I think what, what 
piques my curiosity the most is uh, when Favreau uh, took on the Mandalorians. Was all I know about the Mandalorians from what I uh, saw watching Star Wars: The Clone Wars, um, and I fell in love with the Mandalorians. Uh, I wanted more for the show. I thought that really dark arc where um, uh, Darth Maul was trying to take over the crime syndicate and all that. I thought that was such a dope storyline that they had. Um, and it just made me love the Mandalorian more. Um, so the biggest thing that I want that I want to know coming out of this show that probably won't explore in the first season is I want to see that dark lightsaber. I want to see it. I want to see it. Um, and I hope at some point we see someone use it or even mention it. I'd be fine with the mention um, because that is something that the Mandalorians do hold. Um so that's going to be interesting to see. So, Nick, I will go to you now. I was only going to Dane <laughs> first because I've been going to him last for so long. Uh, but, Nick, I will go to you. Uh, what are your thoughts on Pedro being cast uh, in the lead role for the Mandalorian series? Oh, I fucking love it. You know I love it. Um, he was arguably Oberyn Martell is my favorite character from the Game of Thrones television series. Um, he just is so fucking amazing as that character. Um, and of course he's only there for one season, but in that one season, which season four was my favorite season. Um, he was such an important part of why that was my favorite season. Um, and dude, like I can just so picture him in this sort of bravado, um, role as a Mandalorian. And as we know, It takes place after the fall of the Empire, but before the First Order. So in this, like, 30-year time frame between the two, um, at least the 30-year time frame between Episode 6 and Episode 7. So, like, I I picture this being a lot like one of my all-time favorite sci-fi series, Firefly, um, because it supposedly takes place in the far reaches of the galaxy, far from any sort of authority that the New Republic has. And, I, you know, I, I see that very similarly as to the way Firefly takes place. You, you follow this crew that, um, you know, basically operates um, under uh, or in the far reaches of uh, their galaxy, far from the control of... Um, the uh, the the uh, fuck I forget what they're called, but the the the, the controlling planets, the inner planets that control mm-hmm. the galaxy um, in that universe. So I mean, it, it there's a lot of parallels going on. The fact that it looks like it's going to be like a <clears throat> a sort of western sci-fi story also parallels Firefly. Um, so like I, I'm super fucking amped uh, and and. Like just knowing that Pedro Pascal is going to be playing the lead in this series only gets me more amped. Um, I'm really, really, really excited for this. The Diego Luna led thing, as we talked about last week, I'm not. I, yeah, I'll watch it, but I'm not like super, super excited for it. Um, this one, I am really, really fucking excited for. Um, and I don't know. I just can't wait to see how they deliver it. And you know what? Props to Disney um, for not just being like, here's Boba Fett, you know, like we don't need Boba mm-hmm. Fett. We like we. I'm sorry, like I'm not. Boba. I'm not trying to talk shit about Boba Fett. I'm just saying 
we like I would rather have a completely new character that they can do anything they want with that I don't have to like disassociate um the fact that they aren't bringing Morrison back to play Boba Fett. Um, and now we got to deal with, oh, the, the, Boba Fett's a mantle. It's not a person. No, Boba Fett's a fucking person. His dad was Jango Fett. It's not a fucking mantle. It's a person. Um, like, so I'm, I'm so much more happy that we're getting this series and we can focus on this character um, who can be his own character. We can, like, get all of his traits and all of his personalities um, and, and not have to rely on connecting so much to the... Um, Star Wars universe that we already have in the medium of film, and we can just focus on another Mandalorian. Because, like, let's face it, the reason Boba Fett is so highly regarded is because he looks so badass. He doesn't do all mm-hmm. that much, like, cool shit in the movies. Like, the Mandalorian outfit just looks really fucking cool. So, like, we're going to get that aspect of it. Um, so we can get, like, a whole new character with a whole new fucking cool name. And you know what I think? I don't think they should ever mention his name. Um, make it, like, the Man With No Name trilogy, the, the, the famous Clint Eastwood spaghetti western trilogy, the good, the bad, and the ugly, for a few dollars more, a fistful of dollars. Um, like, make it like that and just have him be, quote-unquote, the Mandalorian. Um, I think that would be super cool where you just never get his name throughout the whole series um, and really even kind of tie it back even more to that spaghetti western um, way of of, um, of doing these movies uh, and just have it set place in a completely sci-fi universe. That's what I'm hoping for and I, I, I think there's not like a high probability but, but a, definitely a possibility that that's what we get. Um, and I think Pedro Pascal is, like, the perfect actor to um, take on this kind of role. Uh, Nick, I do want to ask you, what do you think the likelihood is that we get the Darksaber? I would love to have the Darksaber. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want it to be, um, like, a focus, but I would. it would be super cool if, like, say for, like, the season finale, he kills... Um, like somebody, uh, some other, maybe some other Mandalorian or something that could tie it to the Star Wars universe um, and, like, becomes the wielder of the Darksaber. Um, That would be super fucking cool. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I would love to see it. And um, I don't don't find it to be a necessity by any means. Um, But if they could tie it in, um, like, uh, honestly, um, with the storyline, yeah, I mean, that would be super fucking cool. And... I mean, I totally agree with you in the sense of a, a Mandalorian in his outfit with his jetpack and a blaster and a dark saber. There's nothing fucking cooler on the face of the earth than that. Yeah, <laughs> especially because the way I look at it is a lot of people, like you said, only know Fett, uh, or Boba rather. So it's like picture people thinking that was cool. But now you have uh, a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm with his blasters, with his jetpack, can shoot flamethrower uh, from his, his wrist, and has the dark saber. Like, picture, like, whenever we get the trailer, if they decide to go that route, it ends with yeah. hearing it ignite, and then you just see him ready for battle with the dark saber and his blasters with that dope jetpack. Like, just so much about the, yeah. the look of that just screams just totally worth it. Like, <laughs> like I know I, I wasn't in a rush to buy this DC streaming service, but just off the idea 
of me possibly getting this dark saber, it makes this Disney Plus app, uh, uh, streaming service rather, completely worth however much it's going to cost. So exactly. it's just like I am completely excited for the idea of the Mandalorian. Um, Joel, what are your thoughts about uh, Pedro Pascal being casted and your thoughts about the um, Mandalorian show uh, altogether? I'm super hyped. I mean, uh, I love Pedro Pascal. Uh, like like Nick and and and, and Dane with um, he was awesome on Game of Thrones. He he really was one of the best characters in that in that show. And for the limit of the time that he was there, um, and he's he's obviously been killing it in Hollywood uh, lately. And uh, Narcos, loved him in Narcos, and um, he's gonna be awesome as as the fucking Mandalorian. Uh, it's a it's a world. It's well, it's, it's a a race of people that. Obviously, is more are more popular pop, um, primarily for their armor than for anything else. Um, we've seen a lot of the Mandalorians in Clone Wars. We got a little bit with Sabine in, in Rebels, and um, she even I think I got Dark Saber at some point. Um, so it was like I would love to see Dark Saber. I'd love to see uh, that used at some point in the show. I do like the idea of it being more of like a spaghetti western type of show, set in space, obviously between uh, Return of the Jedi and and um, you know, the net little space in between there. Um, and I, I'm just really excited for it. I really am. I'm probably not as excited as you in terms of the dark saber in general, but I am excited to, you know, for it to pop up if it does. If it doesn't, you know, it is what it is. But I'm really looking forward to it. I really am. It's one of the more exciting things for me in terms of Star Wars in general, probably right behind. The only thing in front of it right now is probably just episode nine, because I'm really, really excited to see what's going to happen next. But if that's, Right after that would probably be the Mandalorian because it's going to be a long form Star Wars uh, live action. Now we've gotten it animated, but now we're going to finally oh, yeah. get it in live action, and it's going to be fucking awesome. There's going to be lit. Yeah, yeah, and it was. Um, <clears throat> I think what excites me about the idea for this, as far as again me mentioning the, the Dark Saber, was um, you saw it in the Clone Wars, then you saw it revisited in Rebels. So that's why mm-hmm. I kind of just feel like maybe it's just past. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm saying yeah. it's not a necessity by any means, but that's why I'm leaving the, the door open uh, for the mm-hmm. idea of it being brought into this, this show, whether it's this season or seasons going down the line, because uh, it seems to be something passed down. Um, so that's why I say it'd right. be interesting to see it uh, in right. any capacity, whenever we do. Right. Um, I get but it. All right, let's, yeah. let's move on. Um, apparently, I had this conversation with Joel a while ago. It is highly rumored we will be getting the Avengers 4 either name drop or official trailer next week. Um, I'd say next Tuesday, probably. Um, But, again, rumored. This is not us definitively telling you that it will happen. I want that to be clear. Rumored. Um, So my question to you guys is going to be, if the information does drop next week, what are we thinking the title could possibly be? Are we going Annihilation like it was rumored? Um, like, what What are some of the ideas that we we're thinking of? Joel, I'll go to you first. What do you think A4 could be titled? Well, it could be uh, fucking A. I have no idea. No, uh, I have. <laughs> yeah. I told you that. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, I like. I always Avengers, like the idea of it being Avengers a, Four. Avengers Four. Captain America gets a haircut. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I, 
I really do like the idea of it being Avengers Assembled. I don't know the likelihood of that happening, but I do. That was my favorite title for it because it just seems right <laughs> after all this time. of never hearing those words uttered that it should be called Avengers Assembled. Um, but I don't know. Apparently the the title of this new Avengers movie was uttered in the past, in the past movies or uh, at some point. So I have no idea. Unless I go back and watch everything and like take every word and say, oh, maybe it's this. Uh, I, have, I have legit no idea. Annihilation could be possible. I mean, that seems to be heavily teased. Last Avenger. I mean, there's a lot of fucking ones. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I prefer Avengers Assembled. Probably not going to be the case, but, yeah. Yeah, there's a good chance we'll get it this, I don't know, next week, though. You're right. I will say, Joel, the reason I love the idea is because I always felt as though if that were the title, the first trailer would yeah. end with Cap doing the You're same right. exact thing that he did at the end of Age of Ultron. So, like, mm-hmm. he goes Avengers, and then it fades black, and then it shows Avengers 4, uh, Avengers Assemble. And then it's just like, right. oh, yes, we have to get it. <laughs> Next one now. It's, it's the title. I mean, it has to happen. I mean, there's <laughs> so, no way it doesn't happen. There's no way. <laughs> right, right. I'm like, if it's in the title, you have to give it to us. Like, I mean, even if Pat right. doesn't say it, we have to get it. Um, but if it's yeah. anything else, it's like, all right, we, we kind of have the possibility of it not being <laughs> in that movie. Um, yeah. I think Annihilation uh, I like because the idea of Annihilus um, being being in the movie, wow. possibly one of the uh, the villains, that that was, that intrigues me. Um, I'm not saying I will, that's the case. That's not uh, – yeah, exactly. I mean, it could be Annihilation yeah. without Annihilus at all. I'm just saying don't, right. over, don't right. overthink it. <laughs> Exactly. I'm completely with you. Um, so, Nick, since that was a stupid question, I'm, I'm assuming, I will ask you this, okay? Okay. If it does drop next week, right, do you think we get a full-length trailer, like a full, I'd say, two minutes, 32 seconds, or do you think it'll be a a strict tease that just is purely to give us the name of the movie. Oh, it'll be a tease to give us the name of the movie because they want to make they they've held on to that information way too long for us to for them to not take advantage of it. Um and I I mean I, I definitely think that's what it'll be. I mean it'll it'll be a teaser. It'll have some some different stuff going on. Um but it it'll be as a service to give us the name of the movie. Um, as far as the name, like, I, I, I don't care. I do think it will be like Avengers A something because of all like the, the cryptic, uh, tweets mm-hmm. and different stuff we got from the Russos to tease like the right. A with the ladders and all that. Um, right. like I, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that'll be it. I mean, I think Avengers Assemble, Avengers Annihilation, I think maybe like Avengers Affinity, like would be uh, interesting. Affinity? Affinity, Indeed. like instead of Infinity sure. Wars, Avengers Affinity. Affinity. Um, Affinity. Yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean that could be. I, yeah, I don't think there'd be Affinity Wars, but I just think Avengers Affinity would be interesting um, as a follow up, as a almost part two to Infinity Wars. Um, I think that's a possibility. Um, I don't know that that's ever that word has ever been used in, in any of the uh, scripts or movies. And like, well, I'm not going to go back and like comb through everything and like, <laughs> try to fucking figure out the title. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, I, I, I'm just excited to see the teaser and get the title 
and then we can like just really geek out and, and speculate and, and and talk about it. I I honestly, out of any of them, I don't want it to be Annihilation because I still got a bad taste in my mouth from '97 uh, of Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Maybe <laughs> maybe this can cure it, but. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, you're treading on thin thin ice there, you know. Yeah, what I'm right, right. <laughs> very fair, very fair. I will say, Nick, the biggest reason why everyone is assuming it'll be a full length trailer, if if it does indeed drop or anything drops, um, as far as clips or anything like that next week, is because I remember last year we didn't really expect them to drop the full trailer when they dropped the full trailer. Uh, like I think right. we we assumed the same thing. Like it just be a tease that would end with the name, right. Um, And they Mm -hmm. give us a full-length trailer. Um, So I think that's why we're now like, all right, let's assume full-length, and then if we only get a teaser, that's cool. But, Mm -hmm. you know, let's try not to be shocked if they do give us the full-length trailer, because they did it last year. Um, And and the reason why everyone's assuming next week is because it was around the same time last year that they dropped Infinity War, uh, the trailer. So it's kind of like... If you kind of go along the same lines of it, you're just assuming it just matches up. Uh, but that, again, it's I'm just, purely I'm just, speculation. I'm just taking a page out of the Juwan Carter handbook and 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 gonna assume that it is a teaser. That way, I don't get disappointed if it's if it's you know you know essentially yeah anything else. So like you know if I if I'm gonna like assume that it's gonna be a full length trailer and then I only get like a fucking forty five second minute long teaser I'm gonna be disappointed. But like you know so I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take a play from you, Juwan. I'm gonna be honest. Smart. The, the, the creator of that playbook was Joel. He's taught me patience in the past few years. Um, so. And you've embraced it fully and and like kind of made it your own in our little sphere of uh, of geekdom. Absolutely. Yeah, expectations, um, man. James. It's all about expectations. That's right. Yes, yeah, I'm a guy that that likes to leap high. Um, but hey, I'm gonna go <laughs> to you. Sure. Um, what are your thoughts <laughs> on when we could possibly get this trailer? Will it be a trailer or a teaser? And do you have anything? I'll ask this instead. Do you have anything you would like for the next Avengers movie to be titled, rather than what do you think it's gonna be? Is there any title that you would like it to be? Ah, uh, let's go weird and just say Avengers Raccoon Hunter. You know, just for the hell of it. Just change. Yeah. Why not? Uh, uh, by the way, everyone it reminds me of Torok. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> doesn't get that reference. <laughs> but um, he's gonna he's gonna mute all of us, and then we're not gonna be on the show anymore. So. <laughs> He's like, quit making fun of me because I'm younger than you guys, damn it. <laughs> I will say that Juwan clarified earlier that the incorrect thing. Uh, he does say that this is 100% true. We will get the trailer next week. So any um, just action, you know, there's Twitter campus. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I hope we get somewhat of a trailer. I, a teaser would make a lot more sense, just like a little nibble. We don't need to get the full turkey. Mm-hmm. We can wait a little bit. Um, I don't need to know, you know, basically within this trailer, and I would say all the trailers, I don't want to know anyone post-snap. I don't want to see them in this damn trailer. I want to keep that very much under wraps. Let's get through it. As far as the name, I mean, I think that you guys all had uh, very, 
you know, cool names, maybe Secret Wars. Here's the thing that, that, that if, you, if you incorporate stuff like Secret Wars or Annihilation is that you can, you can use those storylines from the comic books on something different. So why would you name it something that has no connection to it would be my only problem uh, with it. Maybe it's Secret Invasion if, if you want to incorporate the Skrulls. If, I, don't know, I don't know what Captain Marvel is going to set up, if that's going to have some type of you know, uh, underlying storyline within the film as well as Thanos. If it's just Thanos, I mean, I, I don't know, Avengers The End, if anyone knows The End comic, but that's kind mm-hmm. of a weird name. Basically, just name it something cool and uh, don't have it suck. That, that's, and, and I do want a teaser at least but I don't need to know a lot. Just something to like make my eyes get all big and bubbly and happy. And, and I'll, I'll be, I'll be just, you know, fat from eating Turkey and shit. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that, that I want to see from, even if we do get a teaser, the two biggest things I want to see is Hawk, uh, Ronan, sorry, not Hawkeye, Ronan and Captain Marvel. Hawkeye as Ronan. Um, Because (laughs) they're uh, not, well, Ronan's not really a new addition, but he's reinvented himself. So to me, I consider him a new addition. But um, and uh, Captain Marvel obviously is new to the team. So I just kind of want to see uh, do the Russo brothers kind of do uh, anything different with her costume? Because we do see uh, that from movie to movie, they don't have the same specific exact costumes. Like you look at Black Panther in Civil War, and then look at him in his solo. Two different looks. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So I'm curious, are the Russo brothers going to just stick with what we see in March, or do they have a different look that they want to give Captain Marvel? A la, do maybe they give secret. her the – I'm sorry, go ahead. Say it again. I said maybe it's a secret because they like to, you know, give us false images, you know. Yeah. So we get I, to see I, the movie, you know. Something different. Oh, How do you guys feel about Ant-Man? How do you guys feel about Ant-Man? Make sure that we don't see him at all to know about what happened to him. Yeah, uh, oh, no, apparently, think... apparently, this is me assuming. This is not me knowing anything, so I don't want anyone to think I'm spoiling anything. Official. Um, <laughs> uh, apparently, Ant Man uh, plays a pretty crucial role uh, in this next um, Avengers movie. So maybe you don't really want to show much of anything. Uh, because it might kind of lend towards what you're trying to do. So you might want to keep that under wraps as far as how important he does turn out to be uh, in the premise of the last Ant-Man movie. So to me, it's like if you're going to do a tease, we know they're going to show Stark, they're going to show Cap, they're going to show Thor. Um, But I was just saying I'd really like to see Ronan and Captain Marvel, just to see the look of those two, Um, uh, you know, Ronan, because that, that's, that's a new look for Hawkeye. So that, to me, is, like, huge. I want to see how that looks. Um, so, but here's but the hey, hey, real, Go ahead. I'm sorry, Nick. R- real quick, um, I, got a, I just want to say I got three definitions of affinity for you. Uh, one, a spontaneous or natural liking or sympathy for someone or something. Two, a similarity of characteristics suggesting a relationship, especially a resemblance in structure between animals, plants, or languages. Or three, a relationship, especially by marriage as opposed to blood ties. Um, I think that word and those definitions could fit a lot of um, what we might see in this movie. 
um, and what we have already seen between what the Avengers are. So I that that that's I just wanted to elaborate upon why I think that would be um, a very appropriate uh, title for the movie. Yes, I, I don't disagree at all. Um, but here's to uh, let's cross our fingers to the idea of getting something next week, um, whether it's the uh, official title of it. And let me mention, because the Russo brothers are so slick, let's not rule out that they're hearing that we're expecting it, and then they completely throw us off by, like, dropping it tomorrow. So, like, the Russo brothers are very, very, very sneaky when it comes to that. They've been doing um, a lot of teases with the ladders and a whole bunch of stuff like that. So they they obviously know that we want it, and they're playing to that. Um, but before we move on any further, Dane, I pass it to you from a word, for a word from our sponsors. Sorry, completely messed it up. <laughs> Thanks. And um, I think I'm going to actually pass it over to my good friend Patrick. Patrick, take it away. Hello. Guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get an extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. <laughs> BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. <laughs> Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal from our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. Even use your special promo code GVN, as in Geek Vibes Nation. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code GVN, to try it for free. BlueChew is better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring our podcast. <laughs> Back to you, Joan. Thank you very much, Patrick. Uh, I don't know that what happened to Dane, but thank you very much, Patrick. That was a thank yeah. you, Patrick. That was amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, thank Sir you, to Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Sir Joel. Patrick Stewart. Yes. Sorry, Sir Patrick. And I thank apologize. you to Blue Cheer. Um, but all right, guys, let's move on uh, to our DC side of our topic. Um, let's kind of go through these super quickly so we don't leave anything out. Let's start with the breaking news that we got from Warner Brothers. Uh, we now officially have our Cassandra Kane for the Birds of Prey movie, played by actress ooh, ooh. Ella J. Basco. Um, the photo that Kanan posted on Twitter made her look like she was perfect casting for this role. She looked super mean. Um, so that was really cool to see that look of her. I don't really know much of the actress, so it's one of those things where it's just, I'm going to just wait and be amazed like I was with X-23. Um, but, Joel, I'll go to you first. What are your thoughts on getting the official casting for Cassandra Kane and Ella J. Basco? I am very happy for Ella, and I'm very excited to finally have it casted because she was the last uh, domino to drop in terms of the big casting names for the for that uh, for that movie. 
Uh, so I'm really excited. I was very happy to hear. Uh, I didn't. I don't know much about her or who she is or what she's done. I mean, I know, I know very little, if anything. Um, I do know. Uh, I did find out when when she did get casted who she's related to, um, and she is the, I believe, the niece and the goddaughter of uh, Dante Basco, as you may know, who is uh, a Rufio from Hook. Or um, that's what probably the more I know him the most from. I loved Hook as a kid. So, yeah, that means a lot to me. So she, she comes from a line. Well, knows who everybody's related to. Jesus fucking Christ. What? That's yeah, what man. stood out she the most. Yeah, <laughs> Basco. So, yeah, no, I'm really happy for her. I'm though. happy for that family. It's really awesome. So, I'm re- I mean, you know, it'd be good for her. Really good for her. I don't know how old she is. I think she's around like 11 or some shit. But, you know, good for her. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Billy Bobby Brown knew nothing about. Um, the girl who played X-23 knew nothing about and was pleasantly surprised. So that's where right. I'm holding that's... Ella at because <laughs> that's all right, I can do. Right, right, right. I don't want to do-do on it because, like, I have no idea about it. Um, but, Dane, what Word. are your thoughts on the casting of Cassandra Kane by Ella J. Bosco? Um, I like it. I, I think that. She has a good look for the role. I mean, I don't know her from anything. Um, remember yeah, when we were trying yeah. to play her? I, the only person I could think of for the role was the uh, young uh, girl from um, Modern Family. Uh, right. That, that was about it because, that you, you know, the age range itself. And I, I felt weird because I was going to try to find out her, her age, but then I felt weird, you know, looking up a young actress and asking specifically what her <laughs> age is on Google. I didn't do that. <laughs> Uh, she's 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 some age. That's that's all I found out. But she, she, I'm sure she'll be great. You know, she played a Rufio. So that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, you know, there was a member on here that that's not on here right now that that didn't say that they probably for an Asian actress or you know. It's, it's right on that. That's all I have to say. So jab jab. I'm just kidding. I love it. All right, <laughs> Nick. What are your thoughts on the casting? Um, I'm cool with it. Like, I mean, like most of you, I don't, I don't really know, um, you know, of her really. Um, she's been in, in several um, different kind of one-off performances in various um, TV series, including uh, Teachers, Veep, uh, which is a very popular series, uh, obviously on HBO. Um, Happy Land, Grey's Anatomy. She had a, a performance on that um, on that television show, uh, but. You know, I mean, it, it, obviously, here's the thing, and, and Juwan, you and I always go back to this. It, regardless of any of the, the faults that are with Warner Brothers and scripts and, and, and anything of that nature, casting, they usually get right. Um, so I'm I'm cool with it. I, I think she'll probably do a very good job. Um, they usually have a very good eye for talent and um, picking the right actors for the right roles. Um, so, yeah, I'm confident that she'll be really awesome. Nope. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you, man, completely with you. All right, let's move on to some more DC news. We got some pretty big news coming out of the CW world. Um, they have finally casted Lex Luthor for the Supergirl show, and it will be played by none other than John Cryer. Um, that's to me, very interesting. I purely only know him from uh, as far as me actually watching uh, Two and a Half Men, right. and I completely fell in love with that show. <laughs> so, so that's all I knew him from. <laughs> so, 
it was just it was yeah. weird because it wasn't it completely caught me off guard. I was just like, wait, wait, wait. when they yeah. said the name, I was just like, I know that name from <laughs> Two and a Half Men. Like, do they mean the same guy? And then I saw the photo and I was just like, oh, they do. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> you know, it's gonna be yeah, cool. <laughs> um, Nick, I'll go to you first. What are your thoughts on the official casting for Lex Luthor on Supergirl? Well. Yeah, like you, I mean, I, I obviously know him almost exclusively from Two and a Half Men. Um, but I, I see a lot in this actor that I think could pull off a very interesting performance of this character. I think, like, you're not going to get the prototypical um, Lex Luthor, maybe. Um, I, I, I almost think you're almost going to see it lean, uh, um, lean rather more prototypically towards Lex, but then have a little bit of that Eisenberg um, sort of wit, wit and geekiness and flair. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I could see that. Now, something of note, um, he, he's been involved with uh, some Justice League action TV series stuff as uh, Felix Faust. Um, so... Oh. That. that yeah, like that's kind of interesting to me. Um, as as like obviously he has uh, an affinity uh, for you know the the, the DC universe. Um, so I think that always helps getting an actor who really really likes um, you know a a a particular brand or particular um, uh, medium. Uh, I think that that adds can at least add a, a certain element to their performance. Um, and I look forward to seeing uh, how he does with this role. Um, and I think it, it, it could really bode well uh, for their series. The fact that he seems to be such a big fan of DC comics and their characters. Yeah. And I will say huge shout out to us uh, <clears throat> when we uh, posted about it, he did retweet and say that he was super excited for this role. So thank you for that, uh, Mr. John. Uh, we are excited mm-hmm. to see what you do with this character. Um, Dane, I'll go to you next. What are your thoughts on the casting? Um, you know, it's it definitely got to be better than Jesse Eisenberg. So um, uh, how do I feel about this? I mean, I don't know him for much besides this, besides Two and a Half Men and Pretty in Pink. And... I liked him in both those things, but it's so different than this role. And I, I know, and you know, when I talked to to Michael Rosenbaum, he didn't seem like he was interested uh, in playing Lex Luthor for the CW universe as much as playing Lex Luthor specifically for the movie universe. And mm-hmm. that, to me, you know, the 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 beginning of what I watched from Smallville, that portrayal of Lex Luthor just got it a little bit better than I think most live action versions since then. And I'm fine with giving this guy a chance. The only problem is Supergirl lost me a while ago, so I'm going to be tuning in to see his performance. Um, and I'm hoping I'm not 100 percent sure. Maybe one of you guys can correct me afterwards. I, I think he's involved in the story arc for the. Um, the uh, the event, the couple episode event, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, no, if that's the case, that's I'm glad they're getting a definitive Lex Luthor. It just you know whether, and I was giving I was giving shade to Jesse Eisenberg. I thought that 
that one scene that I saw him on the boat was good. Um, you know, to hear actors suggested or rumored or, or saying even in interviews, like even recently with Vincent D'Onofrio. Now, do I think that Vincent D'Onofrio would play it for Supergirl? No. Mm. You know, but he, he was on a CSI show beforehand. I believe it was CSI or maybe it was uh, Law and Order for a long time. So I don't think television would be out of the realm. Um, although I guess he has gotten bigger since then. Again, he's had another rise, if you will. But specifically when it comes to Lex Luthor, I'll give this guy a chance. You know, I I kind of – there's still a version of Lex out there I want to see explored within a movie, and I just don't know if either actors that we have at the time will be able to show that. But there's plenty of time. I still did like Gene Hackman's version. You know, I, lo- I like Corey Stoll's version in Ant-Man. I always make that joke. Um, and, uh Yeah. It's uh, it's it's interesting. I'll just leave it at that. By the way, uh, just a quick aside. He was also had a very small performance as a character named Lenny in Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. Um, so, yeah. like I said, he obviously has a lot of uh, 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 a lot of love for uh, the DC universe. <laughs> and this this honestly, this could be like what he perceives as the role of a lifetime. So, like in that. In that little bit of itself, I, I'm excited because I think his excitement um, makes me excited. Yeah. Joel, uh, what are your thoughts on the casting? No, I I pretty much echo what everyone else is saying. I'm going to give it a chance. It's not my first choice. I did not see it coming. Like when you posted it yesterday, I was like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> I did not see it coming at all. It was just like not the first person you think of when you think of Alexa Luther was the nerdy brother from two and a half men. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't think of that. You don't think of it. He just doesn't come off as that type. But um, I'm going to definitely give him a chance because he's an actor, and that's what actors do. They act, and they have to pretend to be something they're not. And uh, can he be this evil? Because uh, this is a veteran Lex Luthor. This is not the beginnings of Lex Luthor. Now this guy's in jail right now. Lex is in jail. No, he will not be taking uh, any part in the crossover. He will take place after the crossover. His his storyline. But um, he's very much going to be different than what I think we're used to. But probably also something um, familiar. Because I, I mean, they haven't been too off in terms of characters. In the Supergirl world, aside from maybe Jimmy, because I, I don't I don't really understand what they're trying to do, Jimmy. But you know, it is what it is. Um, but Lex, uh, Superman, they've gotten so far. I really like their version of Superman with Tyler Hoechlin, and they did just cast uh, Lois Lane. Um, uh, and I'm really excited to see the Superman world expand within the Supergirl world, and uh, and how they play it out. And maybe he will call back to the the Gene Hackman Lex Luthor because that's the one his that was his first Lex Luthor I'm assuming because he actually played next yeah. to Gene Hackman as his nephew so it is a good chance they'll have a they'll be callbacks to that version of Lex Luthor as well uh, as an homage uh, and they, they kept it within the family I thought that was pretty cute and uh, it's gonna be interesting I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Lex in the CW world yeah absolutely and the really cool thing is. We get to interview this guy before, um, well, I'm assuming before or around when we actually get to see him uh, play it on television. So we could ask right. him what, what Lex can we expect. Uh, and I don't think that that's a spoiler or anything. It's just what, like, are we expecting a Lex? Have, have we seen this interpretation of Lex before? Like, Jesse's is different. Uh, I'd say Jeans is somewhat yeah. different than what Jesse's is. So it's like 
Yeah, is it a yeah. blend of anything? Like, what legs can we expect? Um, so we'll get all these questions out of him um, and, and kind of figure out exactly where we can put our thumb on, where he's going to – where they're looking to take this Lex. Um, and I'll be more interested in seeing will this Lex kind of spill over to the possibility of a Superman spinoff show. Um, so there's just so many possibilities. Um, but, guys, another great show. Another great show. Thank you, Nick, Joel, and Dane, uh, for you know being on with me today, guys. Um, stay tuned, guys. We have we have so much going on. We have full court press coming up this week. We have Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Stay tuned to hear Dane break down Survivor Series that is tomorrow night. Should be a fun one. And thank uh, you, Night and Blue Chew for their sponsorships. Yes, yes, and thank you, Blue Chew, for our sponsorship. I definitely thought I thanked them, but I'm sorry. Thank you, Blue Chew, and thank you, Action Heat. And Action Heat. Yes, and thank you, Action Heat, and we will see you guys same time, same place next week. Peace. 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 The Geek Buzz be with you. With you. With you.